Good morning. How are you guys? Hi, Very God. well. Which instances make you the most nervous? <laughs> when I have to uh, do things that I know I don't really believe myself that I would be able to do them. Ah, I see. Mm. Uh, a uh, recent example? And what would that be, Doc? <laughs> Since you can do everything. I feel like you can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I cannot do it. One of the things that I have, uh, that I guess people who do not know me very close don't realize that I've got social anxiety. I struggle a lot when I'm going to meet crowds or I'm going to speak in a public place. I am trembling. I am sweating. Oh. I need water, but I need to go pee at the same time. Mm. I struggle a lot with social anxiety. So that's one of the things that I don't think necessarily I'm always good at. And sometimes I beat myself up for days afterwards, or even in the second when I'm busy talking. Mm. I think, ah, oh, why did you say that? How did you mm. Why did you do it this way? Yeah, so that's one of the things that I'm very, very anxious about. Thanks for sharing, Doc. Uh, we we all—it's a safe space. We can all just you know huddle around and share. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, let's get into today's topic: um, the challenges that one is faced with when taking care of somebody who's independent but is now sick, and in mm. some instances, it's your parent, somebody that raised you, and having to cope with the effects of that, the strain yeah. it has on you emotionally and psychologically. Where do we even begin? Um, to to handle situations where those that are close to us are resisting or seemingly not want mm. wanting us to intervene and help them. Yeah, um, I think one of the things that you would know as the person who's responsible, who's close to your parents, and particularly when you've enjoyed the benefit of having them take care of you, groom you, and bring you into the type of adult that you are. And here we are talking about more or less healthy, well-adjusted relationships that you have with your ch- with your child or with your parent. And I'm specifically not talking about those parents that are, ex- uh, that are exploiting you, making you feel like you are they're entitled to you, helping them. I'm talking about where we actually see that the, the relationships have been um, healthy, they have been uh, a clear parent role, and we tend to not want to complain about it because actually you are aware of the child, how much your child is sacrificed, your parent is sacrificed to get you to where you are. So we're not necessarily coming from a place of thinking that this was a toxic parent-child relationship. We're talking about from a healthy parent-child dynamic. However, what you witness is your parent transitioning into that phase of their lives where their light, their shine is actually dimming. You are there to witness it. And because of how naturally aging happens, whether because your your parent has got Alzheimer's or because of they have fallen, they've had a fracture, they've got a physical ailment that goes with it. So it might be emotional, it might be physical, they might be going through a divorce, and you recognize that the shadow that is now overcoming their life, it hasn't been there before, and you're watching them in the next phase of your life. And you are sitting there as a witness, but also trying to help and be supportive to them, whether physically in terms of resources or emotionally in terms of just being there to listen to them or other times in terms of trying to galvanize whatever it is that you need to do to provide the support because they're going into the last part of the phase of their life and that's what i want to talk about because of personally i've gone through it with my mom as well as with my in-laws watching my one of my in-laws going through alzheimer's but also watching my mom sustain an injury physically and lose her independence and go through retrenchment it's a very lonely place and i actually realized in my sessions with people that because you're not complaining about what typical people complain about in terms of toxic parent-child relationships, you actually realize that you are alone. You're struggling on your own and you can't really find people who are talking to you and they tend to misunderstand that, look,
that this parent is actually a very good parent to me. It's just that right now they're going through a difficult pace. And because of their fierce independence and resilience, they are not receptive of the type of help, guidance, and support that I'm in a position to offer. So that's what we're talking about today. And I'm hoping that people out there will find this as a safe space to call and actually admit the fact that, look, and what he's going through, I want to help. But he's resistant. He's not necessarily listening. Everything that I say, he's actually telling me, now you're doing all of the things that you're trying to do. I taught them to you. And as a result, it makes it very difficult for you to show up in support and actually be able to take care of them. Mm. All right. So uh, while we unpack this conversation, please uh, share your experiences with us. Um, as Dr. Mantenchi said, you have a parent or someone that raised you that you are having to try and help in, in the instance that they're ill, but they're just resistant. They, 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 they yeah. feel that, no, this is, this, this is not, for whatever the reasons are, which are quite complex. If this is what you're experiencing now, we'd love to hear your story. Maybe you're grappling with the situation, or maybe you find ways to get around it or to overcome uh, this challenge. You can send us your voice notes, 071-585-6157, or call us on 089-110-3377. What about seeking... Uh, outside intervention, Doc, because often we we think everything rests with us and Mm. as a family and what we can offer to our loved ones. Is there any value in getting someone from the outside? Oh, absolutely. There's value of getting somebody from the outside. But because we are talking about this, well, I just said fiercely independent and self-reliant parent, they refuse. <laughs> they tell you, I can still take care of myself. I don't need somebody in my home. This is my private space. I need my independence. I need my privacy. And they're actually resisting in terms of you getting that kind of help. And what is interesting, for example, I've heard from clients who are having parents struggling with Alzheimer's, that they still insist to drive themselves to go to the mall to go mm-hmm. groceries, mm-hmm. even though they get robbed along the way. Mm. So you find that they're not necessarily receptive of help. And one of the biggest challenges, at least that I recognize in myself, is basically just being willing to understand where your parent is coming from, their frame of reference. They may find having somebody take care of them, bathe them, drive them around, or even cook for them. They might find that humiliating because there is a loss of independence they are not yet ready for. They might actually also find that even to rely on somebody else is a sense of powerlessness and concern the fact that people say or that I've lost my mind or you think that I'm not good enough or that I'm that I'm not as strong enough anymore. And part of that, and then I want people to think about when we're talking about grief, but there's also grief that goes with uh, going through the different phases. And your parents might be grieving the loss of their self-independence, uh, their loss of their self-esteem, mm-hmm. and their loss of their self-concept because they're aware that they're changing, but they're not necessarily able to articulate that to you. But while they might also be grieving through this change, that's happening within their life that they have that they have no control over. You could also be going through a grieving stage where you are shocked. You cannot even accept the fact that Mama Hao no longer is able to take themselves to the bathroom, or they're not even able to make decisions, or even accept the help when you're trying to communicate to them that they need a helper in the house and they're resistant to it. So you might also struggle with being able to deal with the emotions that go through it, and then even how to implement the physical structure that goes with changing the home, whether you need handrails in the shower or you actually have to now reposition the bathroom and make the floors level and get them into a home that does not have stairs, you are recognizing the physical um, uh, changes you're going to have to make, but they're not necessarily receptive to it. So understand where they're coming from, understand the frame of reference and actually recognize that you're going to have to take their input. You're not necessarily going to implement everything, because especially as a black child, you must still show up as 
eh mama you must still be respectful you must still be willing to listen and not be patronizing them or infantilizing them as you've given our nyani you still need to be able to show that respect the other thing doc is time in other words if you are the child looking after your parent time is a factor because you you almost have to fit in this entire exercise in the midst of everything you do sometimes in whatever family dynamic you are the one who seems to be um, having to take up this responsibility that, that can Absolutely. be quite 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 uh, destabilizing exactly. because all Absolutely. of a su- exactly because all of a sudden now you've got your own family then you have to keep mm. making trips home i know people have even moved back home mm. just to help yeah. mama or papa yes. whatever the case is i mean what do we say to that do we just uh, put on our big girl big boy pants and and no. and, and, and move on what, what do we do you're going to drown if you have to do this alone. And and even if your, your parent is refusing help. I mean, my mom is based in Bulugwan and having to drive there. I've beaten records and I'm so grateful that a driver car that can get me into our 15 minutes. But the tickets mm-hmm. that I have to pay are incredible. Mm-hmm. But what I mm-hmm. want people to understand is that the issue of time, while you realize that you need to dedicate it to taking care of your ailing parent, it does not necessarily negate the fact that you need to take time for self-care. And part of that self-care is recognizing your own limitations, your own strengths, being willing to accept help, get help, and even as much as possible, make it possible for your network within you, you know, uh, finding people that you've grown up with, that you've gone to school in the neighborhood, can just pop in and give a call. Finding people that are your neighbors, establishing those types of networks, because if you need to take time to take care of you or, or get there as quickly as you need to be, you're not always necessarily going to be able to do it uh, considering the, the types of challenges you have in your life and the fact that you are working. So self-care becomes important. If you do not take time for that and you lose it because of you're trying to extinguish all type of fires, that parent, that person that you love will not have anybody. Secondly, the issue about time is that some of the battles that you are fighting, you need to pick them. This is a war. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So if you're going to try and fight everything because you need to get everything right, you need everything to be perfect, to be aligned the way you think it, it's not going to be possible. So sometimes you just need to be patient and allow yourself to basically allow the situation to unfold and then gradually implement the things that you can see will be in the best interest of your loved one. And then finally, there is always that pressure, what will I have tomorrow to see my parent? What if I don't go right now? The guilt that goes with it. And part of having that support network within the area where your parent is located is part of what enables you to have those tentacles to reach in. Because one of the things that um, erodes your mental health is the fear that you might lose them. When a phone call comes in the middle of the night, you're scared that what if something has happened and you're constantly berating yourself for not having enough time to be there for them. What are your words as we uh, wrap our conversation, Doc, um, to those who are in the situation right now? Today is another day and they have to confront and deal with everything and more just on what we touched on today. You need a safe space where you can go and vent and externalize your frustrations and your sadness, your pain over watching your parent lose their independence and their health. Secondly, you need to have a filter. Not everything that your parent is saying, even if ever we blell up with conviction and things to you, you need to have a photo so that you don't internalize each and everything that is being said. Mm-hmm. And that might be because of other people in the family thinking you're not doing enough or you don't think you're doing enough or your parents themselves tell you or you're, doing, you're not doing enough. You need to have a filter and find that sense of inner strength where you can protect yourself and not necessarily be And if it is, go for help, go for counseling, find a safe space where you can talk about what you're going through. Don't do it on your 
Don't do it on your own. Dr. Madeji, yeah. thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you so much. And I'm sure that everything that you've touched on today will give some motivation. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a good day, guys. You too. Dr. Tepiso Matenji on Personal Mastery today. Uh, use what you feel is relevant to you just from this conversation because I think it doesn't get realer than this.